Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Dick Sporting Goods Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. Before we welcome our guests, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. This helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. Excited to welcome Brenda Hilton onto the show, CEO of Officially Human. Brenda, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Marcus. I um, am excited to be here, and uh, I'm, I kind of geek out. This is this is a, a, a topic that is near and dear to my heart and has been for years, so uh, thank you so much for the invitation. Oh, you're quite welcome. For those that don't know, uh, Brenda, like I said, is the CEO of Officially Human. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what this is and what the organization's goal is? Sure. So uh, Brenda Hilton with Officially Human worked in the collegiate athletic space for the last 22 years. Uh, most of that time has been spent working with sport officiating coordinators and officials in all sports. Uh, up until two years ago, I hadn't really worked in the football group, but started working with the football officials. And the more that I was in the space, the more I realized like, wow, there is really a problem here with this treatment of officials. And <clears throat> in my space, I was very close to the men's basketball officials. And I'd heard enough stories from them and also done a re enough research that couldn't find anybody doing anything about it. So thought, well, you know, let's see if we can give this a try. And uh, started out in 2019. First thing we did was we did a survey with 15 state high school associations to give the officials a voice. And within those 15 states, we received 19,000 responses. That told us that those officials wanted a voice and how do we amplify their voice without putting them on stage because they're on stage enough. And, and so we, we partnered with a couple of research firms and they broke down the data for us. And really one, one of the top things we learned was they wanted parent education because parents don't know the rules of the games. So came up with a elevate, um, I'm sorry, a program called Elevate Respect. It's about a 20 minute course, it's interactive. And we offer it to state associations and organizations across the country for them to share with their parents, coaches, administrators on what is what is really officiating? What is it about? And really gives them kind of a, a behind the scenes look at the day in the life of an official and why they do it. And uh, I will tell you that it is not, they are not driven by money. There may be a few, but oh, by and large, they are not driven by money. And so we took that out to market in May of 21 and really found out that, gosh, not a lot of people want, they want the problem fixed, but they don't necessarily want to pay for it. So we had to readjust a little bit and go back and we started finding sponsors to help fund the program for organizations that wanted to um, shed light with, with their constituents on the problem. That has actually ended up doing pretty well. And then another area we focus on is PSAs. We we try to put out a lot of, we'll um, put out a PSA and we'll let it sit and we'll let it kind of acclimate with people over six, eight months, and then we'll, we'll start a new one. And that seems to well, 
work well. One of the things that we try to tell people when we talk to them is you just have to have more conversations around this. This topic is very serious. And what are people going to do about it? And we feel like we're on the cutting edge of raising awareness across the country. That's great. Let's go ahead and dive right in. Why do people officiate? Love of the game. Number one reason, love of the game. They want to stay involved. I think one thing that we've kind of missed on is you hear a lot that schools, high schools, colleges offered officiating classes, courses. Years ago, they kind of got away from that. Now they're trying to bring it back in. and We're trying to bring it back in, you know, kind of on steroids to get people to officiate. There's a lot of people out there that are trying to um, get people involved in officiating. We Now it just seems like we're behind the eight ball, but by and large, people officiate because they love the game and they want to stay involved. Obviously, we're, uh, we had our recent annual general meeting with the West Virginia Soccer Association and our uh, great uh, referee administrator, Mike McCarthy, had some sobering numbers that he shared with the membership about our numbers and how they're trending. And uh, it's, it's, it's not great. It's not the worst, but it's, it's not great. Why are people leaving officiating? Well, you've got, you've got two factors. One, they're aging out. So we just haven't, we haven't filled that pipeline coming in behind them. And number two, the treatment. Um, treatment is the number one reason. There, in our survey, 59% of the officials and respondents said that they don't feel respected by the fans. And, you know, if you are in the stands and you're looking at that and say, wow, 59%, well, 50% are never going to agree with the call, right? However, you can disagree with a call, but you can still respect the officials. And there's just, there's just not a lot of respect and we have to change that as a society. I agree. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to agree. You know, sometimes the official has a better view than you do from your stand. Um, but uh, yeah, I think respect is the the huge key. Now I know that there's some people that do not believe that there's a crisis in our country when it comes to officiating that, you know, we're losing officials left and right. They're not, you know, like you said, they're either aging out or they're just not coming back. Um, be honest with us. Do we have a crisis? Yes, absolutely. Now, I think, Marcus, it depends on where you are in the country. Uh, we just spent some time in Arizona in the Phoenix, Scottsdale area and baseball. They have a pretty good program out there that has seemed to work and they don't have as much of a crisis in that area in baseball that doesn't mean that they don't have it in in soccer or in in basketball but it, all around the country it in one or more sports there is a crisis happening and what does that mean that means that you have people on the courts and fields that you know probably shouldn't be on the they they've kind of aged out they're they're ready to retire but why do they keep coming back? Because they love the game and they want to make sure the kids are able to participate in these sports. And, and that's a big part of it. So they want to retire, but they can't because they want to make sure the games go on. And I, we live in the Chicagoland area and people we talk to are like, what are you talking about? We always have officials at our games. Well, yeah, you have a much larger pool of people that you can pull from. Now, there's another thing that we should talk about in this crisis and that is, 
are we going to start elevating officials to the next level before they're ready? Because we have to. And that could create an even larger drop-off of officials in the first five years. You know, if we can get them to year three, data tells us that we'll keep them a little bit longer. But if you get them to year five and you've elevated them too fast, they may get discouraged and, and quit because they're not ready for either the speed of the game or the intensity of the game or the intensity of the parents. So we just have to be careful in, in how we approach elevating these officials. I know I'm a, an official uh, uh, soccer referee. And as I get up there in age, um, I know where my lane is and where I need to be and what matches I am not qualified to do at what level, um, which is why I stay with the under sevens and the under eights. And <laughs> yeah. I love, I love, I love being with them and, you know, they're still very respectful and, 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 you know, um, very, very cool about stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard because sometimes we do have to elevate referees when maybe they're not ready. And like you even mentioned, I know of a number of referees that would love to retire. They would love to hang it up and because they're just, it's getting too much for them, but you know, we need referees so they continue mm -hmm. to, to hang on. What can we do as, you know, cause I mean, it's, it's spectators, it's coaches, it's players, it's everybody that's involved. It's, it's all of our problem. Um, what can coaches and spectators do to be a part of the solution? One of the things I suggest to um, officiating organizations across the country is to try to build a relationship with those organizations that you are officiating for. So, for instance, you and your U7 um, program, go to their parent meeting, talk to the parents, let them understand what, what is really going on. And again, they go to a game, there's officials there, they go home they forget about the crisis. You, on the other hand, are getting calls saying, hey, we just need somebody at this United game. Can you get in there? So I think the the number one thing we can do overall is increase conversation and start to build those bridges between organizations and the officials. And, and if you do that, you will humanize yourselves. They will humanize you because they will see that, oh gosh, you know, Marcus, I saw him the other day working a part-time job at Home Depot just for some extra cash. Great. And, and that's what that's what we need to be reminding our parents and administrators and coaches. You know, one thing that uh, we always seem to have a problem with, and it, it goes beyond just the money thing. I, I, I really don't believe that we can recruit referees just with the, hey, earn extra money. Because I've had a number of referees as a referee assigner tell me it's not worth the money anymore. It's not mm -hmm. worth me wasting my time being out here getting yelled at, especially the young referees that are, you know, early teens, late teens. They're like, I can get yelled at at home <laughs> by my mm -hmm. parents. Why do I want to come out here on a Saturday or a Sunday and do this and get yelled at? Yeah, I'm getting paid for it. But at the same time, you know, I'm not you know, it's not worth it to me anymore. What can we do to recruit more referees? What message do we need to put out there? One of the things I would highly suggest is getting to those organizations that are uh, U14, 15 as, as a whole 
and say, hey, why don't you put on an officiating clinic and invite the parents to come and see what it's all about. I have an organization here in the Chicagoland area of softball. They're actually requiring their 14 and over to, to go to a clinic and with one parent, and they're going to require that they work a couple of softball games for some of their tournaments. Uh, again, going back to bridging that gap between the organization, the parents, and and the umpire, or sorry, and the officials. Let's get all, all on the same page. Let's inc increase conversation. Let's talk about that call. Let's teach these young kids how to deal with those those calls that somebody may be yelling at. But it, the more communication, the more conversations we have, I think we'll start to bridge that gap a little bit. I agree. We're talking mm -hmm. to Brenda Hilton, CEO of Officially Human. Where can people find out more about you online as well as on social media? That's where we discovered Brenda. We happen to see a number of people that uh, we follow uh, retweeting some of her stuff. And that's the reason why we got in contact with Brenda. Where can they find you? Uh, Brenda at officiallyhuman.com is my email address. Our website is officiallyhuman.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at offyhuman, O-F-F-Y-H-U-M-A-N. And we are thrilled when people follow us and have suggestion, suggestions for us. We'd like to hear from people, especially officials out there. We want to hear from you. How can we help make your lives a little bit better and easier and keep you involved in the games longer? It's a voice for us officials everywhere. Brenda Hilton, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me and everybody have a great day out there and uh, uh, keep stay on those courts and fields for us. Excellent. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope we provided some valuable information today. And if we did, make sure you let everybody know about our program. You can follow us on our social media channels, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for us at WB Soccer. Take care and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.